Welcome to the Vine Life Podcast. We're a church in Manchester who love Jesus, each other and our city. Catch up on this week's message and more. It's, it's, it's really challenging. I, I don't know whether I'll ever be invited to speak here again. So the danger can be, man, I've got to cram everything in my heart and just try and kind of express that somehow. And it's just impossible. I will probably pop. There's so much I want to say. I'm looking at the whites of some of your eyes. And this is emotional, man. This is emotional. There's so much I want to say. So much. But there's probably one thing that I want to talk about, and it's love. And I know many of you will be like, oh, great. Uh, That's the gospel, right? That's what we always talk about. And I just feel like, man, I just want to come back to this platform of talking about the love of God that forms us, that lives amongst us, that we've been saved by, that we're to model to one another, and we're to live in that. Um, Better find my notes first. Before we do that, let's just pray. Maybe place your hand on your heart, extend your hands, however you want to do that. You do whatever you want, put your hand on your head, and just say, come Holy Spirit, Come, Spirit of the living God. Come, Lord Jesus. I love that that's some of the last words of Revelation. (laughs) The Spirit and the Bride say, come. Come, Lord Jesus. Come into our hearts afresh. Thank you that you abide there anyway. But would you reveal yourself in fresh ways to us? Would you reveal the love of God to us today? In Jesus' name, amen. So good to see you guys today as well. And it's great that we're part of this church community. Jude 21 says, keep yourselves in God's love. It's, it's, it's kind of anchored in a, a verse. It talks about build yourself up in the most holy faith. Pray in the Holy Spirit keeping yourself in the love of God. So as your friend, this funny Greek man that's been part of this church community for many years now, I want to look you in the eyes and say, friends, keep yourselves in God's love. It's easy to wander away from it, but please keep yourselves in the love of God. As a church, as we move into this kind of rebuild phase, this rebuild mode, love should be and has to be right at the bedrock of everything we do the foundation in which we stand on. It has to be. Without love, this whole gig crumbles. This body, this community, this family will just crumble away. I loved what Luce shared with us last week. So good, mate. And I feel like somehow this is going to tie in with it. Um, And we didn't talk. We didn't talk, like, you'll talk about vulnerability. I'll talk about this. So good. But I feel like the Lord knows what he's doing, right? So this is going to tie into this. But if we don't have love as the bedrock, everything we do will be shaky and it will one day crumble. The Apostle Paul said, love is the greatest of all virtues. He says in Corinthians, we're going to look at that in a a few moments. He said, I'm going to now show you the most excellent of ways. He says, love is the most excellent way. And ultimately, if we don't have love as a motive and demonstration of everything we do, he says, everything else is meaningless. 
It's rubbish. It's meaningless. A few weeks ago, Anna Hubble encouraged us not to just pursue gifts of the Spirit, as in signs, wonders, healings, prophecy, tongues, which is great. Please don't misunderstand me. Keep pursuing that. But there's one thing that ties it all together. She encouraged us to desire the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace. And you picked up on this, loose last week. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. That's what we should desire there. And there you are. I say your name and you're here. Sorry, Anna. Um, mother, are you there? <laughs> oh, she is. Um, Luca, you're here. Hang on a minute. Why are you here? Oh. Mic drop. That's like, I didn't know you were here. I love you, man. Um, we should be desiring that. Scripture says, love holds everything together. I've said, we'll look at this in a bit later, Colossians 3. Love holds everything together, like glue. Perfect harmony, perfect unity. Hebrews 10... 24, we're to spur each other on, stimulate, provoke, push each other into love and good deeds. Let's not give up meeting together. Doesn't say let's not give up going to meetings. Man, if that's, what, if that's a motive of the heart, shoot me now. It says let's not give up meeting together, assembling together. And as we assemble, stir each other up towards love and good deeds. Please, friends, keep kicking me. Not physically, or maybe physically. When you go past, keep looking to Jesus, saying, Keep stirring your heart towards love and good deeds. So that's what I want to talk about today. How do we stir each other up? And the reality is love, love isn't something that just comes naturally. To some, it looks like it comes naturally, but it doesn't. The old nature, the old us that we've put to death now, still wants to whisper to us, what about you? You've been neglected. You've been left out. You've been ignored. You've been hurt. But the new man, the scripture says that we have now put on in Christ, says do away with that. You can now live in love. We need to choose to put on a whole different nature. It's easy to talk about, isn't it? It's easy to think about. It's easy in the sun shining. We're feeling okay at the moment. It's easy to talk about. But what about when life is tough? Many of you here are facing really, really challenging things. What about when life is tough? What about when relationships break down? What about when there's tension and challenge? Friends, we're called to love and we're called to do that well. Jesus said, in this world you'll have trouble. So that kind of encompasses, encapsulates everything, doesn't it? Does that mean I have bad knees? Maybe. Does that mean I have a bad back? Maybe. Trouble. In this life, you'll have trouble. Does that mean we'll bump into each other and be clunky with how we treat each other at times? Possibly. But we can work at that. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I've overcome the world. We're each going to face tough times. Do you know what I've come to realize? Do you know the person that causes me the most problems? Do you know who that is? It's John. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It's Andy. It's Richard. It's Matt. I'm so sorry, John. You were just there. I'm so sorry. 
No, seriously, it's Dave. It's me. The one that causes me the most funk is me. And it's so easy to point at you and go, you're my problem. I'm my problem. I look in the mirror and go, yep, you're the problem. Man, if we all just took a look at who we are, I had a sober assessment at times. My wife is always good at this with me. Maybe we should have a sober assessment. I don't want to do that. (laughs) We're each going to face it. A friend of mine, Paul, a few weeks ago, we had a coffee together. I don't know if you remember, Bud, but I'm sorry, I hope this doesn't embarrass you, but you said to me, what what do you want to be remembered for? What legacy, what, what impact do you want to leave? It was a great chat. We sat in the park for several hours just putting the world to rights, talking about all sorts of stuff. And genuinely, what I want to be remembered for is love. I think I said I, I want to be remembered for San loved Jesus and he loved me. He loved people. I know that might sound cheesy, but that's genuinely like I'm not very good at a ton of stuff. But I think what I can work on is love. And it was so helpful, just that conversation to really nail in what is it that I want to be remembered for? Whether that's my wife, my kids, my friends, people I know through life. I want them to be able to look back and say, Sam loved Jesus and he really loved me. Like he didn't get it right a lot of the time, but I felt his love for me. That's my goal. What's yours? It might sound cheesy, but that's kind of all I've got. The greatest commandment seems to tie into this. Jesus says, love God and love your neighbor. So just for a moment, friends, I want you to think, what does life look like for you? What do you own? What do you have? What have you achieved? What goals, dreams, aspirations, desires, passions? I'm 47 now. I've lived a bit of life. I've done all sorts of weird and wonderful things. Some good, a lot not so good. I've got dreams, I've got longings, I've got passions. But what is it all for? I mean, what is it all for? What is your life? What's the sum total of your life for if it isn't for love? I don't think any of us are going to look back before we go into that new created heaven and earth. I wonder what that's going to be like. What is that going to be like? But here on earth, as we're preparing for that departure, I don't think any of us are going to look back and go, man, I wish I made more money. I wish I was at the office more. I wish I achieved more. It's not bad. I think to a person, we would probably look back and go, man, I wish I spent more time with that person. I wish I loved more. I wish I spoke to them more. I wish I had time more. Did we learn how to love while we're here? The question I want to ask us, are we learning how to love? Love isn't some sort of ethereal concept, some kind of wishy-washy, feely, flaky thing. I often think it is because I'm a wishy-washy, feely, flaky thing. <laughs> Nearly burped, I'm sorry. I didn't need to say that. Um, I am so feely. 
Like if I don't feel it, it can't be true. But that's not true. Love isn't feely. We don't feel our way into it. Love looks like something. It's tangible. If you have a Bible, remember one of these. If you have it on your phone or something kind of hardback, turn to 1 Corinthians 13, please. These are very, very familiar words. Sometimes too familiar that even as I say this, you go, I know where we're going. That classic passage that's read out at weddings. Do you know it's not really meant to be read out, read out at weddings? <laughs> it's good. Not, I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. But this is what we should live in. This is sandwiched in between spiritual gifts and how we order things within the church. But Paul says, I'm going to show you now the most excellent of ways. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1 to 8. If I speak in the tongues or the languages of men and angels, can I just pause for a minute? Apologies for my slackness today. <laughs> I got here and I said to John, oh boy, I haven't done any slides or anything. <laughs> so I'm sorry about that. But it's my last message, so please forgive me. <laughs> I'm going out in the slack kind of fashion. <laughs> um, hopefully you've got a Bible. <laughs> um, it's not going to come up on the screen. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I'm nothing. I'm a resounding gong, a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge and have the faith that can move mountains, but do not love, I'm nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. Now listen to this, friends. Let this challenge you. Love is patient. You can stop there, can't you? Love is patient. Love is kind. Does not envy. Doesn't boast. It's not proud. It's not rude. It's not self-seeking. Ouch. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. I struggle with that one. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, trusts, hopes, perseveres. This kind of love never fails. I just want you to think for a moment. Just look at that list. Patience, kindness, not boasting, not being proud or rude. It's not self-seeking, not easily angered, keeps no record of wrongs, doesn't delight in evil, but rejoices with truth, protects, trusts, hopes, perseveres. Just have it open. Just look at that for a moment. Which ones kind of do you struggle with? Which ones do you find hard? Because we all will at times. And we can ask God, precious Holy Spirit, help us. Help us shine into our hearts and show us areas that we struggle. How should we model this kind of love to one another? Because it doesn't just happen. This isn't going to be rocket science today, but... Hopefully it's releasing because we don't have to do it in our own strength. There is a partnership, but if we try to do it out of a stoic mentality, try harder, we often fail. Jesus tells us what love should look like, what these virtues should look like and how we're to model them. He says, love one another as I've loved you. Love looks like Jesus. We're to love as Jesus loves. We're to love like Jesus. No wriggle room. 
There was never any excuses. But this happened. Man, we're going to get to it in a minute. We're going to see what happened to Jesus again. He didn't wriggle out of it. He could have screamed, innocent of all charges. I'm the king of glory, don't you know? But he didn't. He chose to pin himself upon a wooden cross and get tortured for us. Love one another as I have loved you. John 15, 12 and 13. Verse 12 and 13. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. Man, it's beautiful. Love is sacrificial. It's so self-giving. Just think about, just for a moment, what Jesus did for us, what he did for you. It's so easy to forget it. However old you were when you encountered his love for the first time, I know exactly where I was when I encountered the love of Jesus. And I was such a broken mess. And I didn't know it. I was such a rebel. I'd done some horrific things. Yet his love in a moment filled and flooded my heart. I saw this king crucified for me. And everything changed. Everything Self-giving, sacrificial, a laying down of his life for rebels, for sinners, for the broken, for the rejected, to say, come. Come one, come all. Think about it. No greater love has there ever been demonstrated than the king who made the cosmos put on skin, came to live amongst us and then say, do you know what? You can't do it, so I'm going to do it for you. All across the Bible, old and new, we hear of this promised saviour coming who's going to demonstrate God's love once and for all for us. Just felt reminded, Isaiah 53, the suffering servant, talks about him being crushed for us, pierced for us. And the punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds, we've been healed. We've been made whole. Philippians says, him being in very nature God, Jesus, didn't consider equality with God something to be grasped, but he humbled himself, made himself like nothing, like a servant, and he came. He didn't have any appearance that someone should say, look at this glorious one, but he humbled himself, and he became obedient to death, even death upon a cross. Love is so intentional, friends. God's love toward us was so intentional. And I want to look you in the eye and say, God's love for you is so intentional. I know many, many of you here know him. But if you're here and you don't know him, I want you to know he loves you. His love for you is intentional. He longs for you. It says in scripture, he demonstrated his love while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. Do you know, if that... If, if that ever gets boring, then that's not his fault. There's something going on with us, right? If, we are, if for some reason we are, we're not undone again by the gospel, what he's done for us, then the issue's with me. God's love was deliberate, not dependent on us. 
Are you happy about that? Because, oh my goodness, like if I had to make my way towards this holy God, I don't know what I'd say. <laughs> like, please, please can I come in? Here's the list of wrongs, Sam. Here's all the people you've hurt, all your lies. That was never his approach. His arms were stretched wide for us. His body broken. His blood shed. He shouted out from the cross, they don't know what they're doing. Father, forgive them. He's amazing. He shows us what love looks like. And the bar for us, I wanted to give you the high bar because that's the bar for us as well. I don't mean that we're meant to be messiahs, but we're meant to model the messiah. We're meant to show this lost and broken world what he looks like, what love actually looks like. Am I willing to lay my life down for you, bro? That's what love looks like. That doesn't, might not look like jumping in front of a bullet, but it could look like saying, hey, not my wants and desires, but what are yours? That's where it starts. And if you have to run in front of a train or a bullet, running in front of a train is a funny thing. <laughs> I'll take this train for you. Sorry, that's a bit clumsy. He shows us what it looks like. No wriggle room. Granted, we don't always get this right, but we should strive towards it. I want to ask us, friends, can we be those that strive towards that? Imagine this community. If, if all we all did was take the responsibility to say, Hey, man, how can I bless you? How, how, can I, how can I elevate you? How can I push you forward? What do you need? Be beautiful. We can do it, you know. A love that looks like Jesus. This is why we can do it, because his love has been poured into our hearts. Romans 5.5 5 says, God's love has been poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Like it's been poured in, not just a little sprinkle. It's been poured in. When I first encountered the love of God, it was literally like being poured into me. He knew what I needed. Scripture encourages us to live our lives worthy of the gospel we've received. So that's what I want to say to us. Friends, let's live our lives worthy of the gospel we've received. And that should mean we challenge one another. That doesn't look like love. I want you to challenge me. And you guys, there's people within this community that challenge me. Is that really what love looks like? Is that really what love looks like? You see, being born again looks like something. We're called to look different, sound different, smell different. If you've been anywhere near Andrew Pickup, he's, he's got the scent of heaven. <laughs> Sorry to embarrass you, but that man smells good. But that's what we should smell like. We should smell like the aroma of Christ. Sorry, I didn't have any of this in mind. I'm so sorry. <laughs> You're like, I'm going to kill you. We should smell different. We're called to look different. Stripping away any mixed motive, any conditions, any weird agendas. Just pure love, authentic love. Love looks like him. And the reality is, this kind of self-giving, sacrificial love is so attractive. It draws people in. It's irresistible. It draws them in. It's like a magnet. People know they want it. 
I did. It drew me in. I didn't know I needed it, but as soon as I saw this kind of love demonstrate within a community, I, you, can't, you can't put words to it. You can't, you can't quite quantify it, but something, there was a love that I saw that I was like, man, I want in. How do I, how do I tap into this kind of love? I saw people loving one another, like, freely. So different than what I had experienced. And you know what? It's still the best evangelistic strategy. We can run programs. We can do all sorts of stuff. But the one thing that's going to supersede months and years of planning is just loving people. You know. People can smell a rat. You know it's, if it's not pure and authentic. So I think we can do that. You know what's going to reach a lost and broken and dying world? Genuine love. That's what drew me in. John 13, 34 and 35, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. This, by this, everyone will know that you're mine, that you belong to me if you love one another. It's John 13, 34 to 35. So I'm coming in for a bit of a land, guys. How do we do this? How do we do all of this? Do we just try harder, like I said, of course, of course. But if that's the motive, then we'll probably fail by one o'clock, two o'clock. If it's just trying harder. We know, like Andy Smithers here has been encouraging us over the last few weeks. John 15, abiding the vine, stay close to Jesus. We know that's the goal, right? When we abide with him. Apart from him, we can do nothing. Absolutely nothing. So we know it's abiding in him, living in the, in the vine, walking in step with the Holy Spirit, staying connected to God. But to help with this, if you have a Bible, turn to Colossians 3. Just felt there's a way to help us do this. These are some of my favorite verses, go-to verses for me. Everything I've said, the way that we make this happen, obviously with our own partnership with the Holy Spirit, but listen to these verses. Colossians 3, verse 1. Since then you've been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated, at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is life appears, then you will appear with him in glory. I, this is a go-to for me often. I'm feeling all funky and all twisted inside and, oh, I'm just feeling flat or whatever it might be. I often get the whisper coming from the word saying, lift up your eyes. Lift up your heart to the place where you really live. We're scrabbling around here on earth, but the place where you really live is hidden with Christ. It's abiding in him. It's seated with him. It's grafted in him. So every day when you're finding it tough, say, mind, Get up there. Look to Jesus. That's where you live. I'm going to look to you, Christ. I'm going to set my mind on things above where Christ is, where I'm seated. My heart feels so heavy. I'm going to set it where you are because I've died and my life is hidden with Christ in God. For the sake of time, I'm just going to read one scripture and then I'm going to invite John back up if that's right. It goes on to say, therefore, as God's chosen people, verse 12 in Colossians 3, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and loved, 
Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievance you might have against one another. Forgive as the Lord has forgiven you and over all these virtues. Here it is, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. This is my prayer for this church community. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you've been called to peace. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, and whatever you do, whether word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. We will love well when we see who we are, when we see who we are, who we belong to, and we see where we live from. Jude 20, 21, the message. But you, dear friends, carefully build yourselves up in the most holy faith by praying in the Holy Spirit, staying right at the center of God's love. Keep your arms open and outstretched, ready to receive the mercy of our master, Jesus Christ. This is the unending life, the real life. So friends, let's be a family that is known by its love. Let's be a family that deeply, deeply love Jesus with all of our hearts. And we deeply, deeply love one another with all of our hearts. So the world looks in and goes, man, I want to be part of that. We pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your mercy and your grace. I thank you that you saved a wretch like me to be called a son of the Most High God. And I thank you that we are children of light, children of the Father. And I ask for your love to just permeate here, to resonate in our hearts. Holy Spirit, take what is of heaven and implant it into our hearts. Would that look like the Lord Jesus? Amen. Hope you enjoyed today's message. If you want to find out more, head to our website, findlife.co.uk, or follow us on Instagram. God bless and see you soon.